Hello and welcome to, this is a very special edition of what I like to call my podcast. I'm Richard Herring from Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre Podcast, or Rahalister Play as it should be called. Who are you? I'm Luli from Cuddle Club. Oh, yes. It's a special bonus episode, isn't it? It is. It's not It's not like any other episode. It's up. We've we've been forced together. Come no, on. no, no. Richard, yes. remarket. It's the collab everyone's been asking for. <laughs> they have. Ever since uh, our FUBAR show, people will say, when are you two oh, going to get back together? Oh, my God. Do you remember the FUBAR show? And I used to come in with bottles of cider because I was going through a bit of a tough time, wasn't I? And it, we started recording at 1pm or 2pm. I think you started earlier than me. And then I'd come in with a big bag of cider and you'd tell everyone I was having a breakdown. And I said, it's not going to last long. And you said, it's going to last longer than you think. <laughs> well, I'm glad to see you at the other side. But what this is, yeah. uh, is the Audible Comedy Club brought to you by Audible and Acast Creative. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Mm-hmm. So this is, and no one's drinking cider during this one, so we're fine. No, we're taking this one professional, professionally. We are professional. Do you drink, you don't drink at all. I've stopped drinking. You don't drink at all, do you? Look, we're sober now. Yeah, and look, so. What are you drinking right now? I am drinking Adam's Ale uh, water. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Adam's Ale. Adam's yeah. Ale, that's what we used to call it. Tried to do a comedy routine about that and had everything... One grade up, so Adam's beer was Adam's mar- was marijuana, and Adam's marijuana was cocaine. Never worked. Uh, what, uh, what about Eve? She might like the no. session. No, she was. She just likes snakes and apples. She, 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 she's at home. She's at home. <laughs> she waiting is. to get pregnant. <laughs> so one thing that we know about our audiences is that well, they like what we call comedy. Yeah, they do. You we know. we call what we do comedy. Yes, and they like it. You know, and that's that's nice. More people like your comedy than mine, judging by how much you make per month, judging <laughs> by what I make per month. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's true. Uh, you can't judge it by economic success. You've oh. got to judge it. You've got to judge it by the laugh and the people coming to see you and the jobs. That, I mean, I'm completely self-employed. You get you get jobs with other people, so you know that's, that's yeah, fine. that's true. What taskmaster? You yeah, were, you were allowed on that. I was allowed on that briefly. So anyway. You must love us. That's what I'm. That's what I'm. That's what's on the script. We hope so. We hope so. <laughs> on the script. So, we're going to recommend other podcasts, like a friend. Yes, I've spent like the last month listening to some brilliant podcasts on Audible. There are a lot. There are fantastic ones there, and we got to choose our favourite ones. Uh, I have chosen my old friend and Taskmaster rival, Confidant. Daisy May Cooper, uh, doing a podcast called Educating Daisy. Mm. You, Lou, have, what have you chosen? Well, yeah, lady can speak for herself, I suppose. Uh, I've chosen <laughs> Chitting About from French and Saunders, because yeah. me and Jennifer Saunders have got a very similar name. And also, I like the podcast. <laughs> OK, that's good. So <laughs> over the next 30 minutes or so, in this edition of the Audible Comedy Club, is we're going to tell you exactly what we thought about it. We are going to tell you exactly what to do, OK? We're going to tell you what to listen to. We're going to tell you what we think about the comedians behind this. OK, so you better start, because otherwise you get you get quite violent if you don't get to leave, <laughs> don't you? I just lose concentration after yeah, 10 minutes, yeah. so it's, I, I, I'm starting... Right, I have been listening to Daisy May Cooper's Educating Daisy, and I think this is a really interesting idea for a podcast, and I sympathise with it a bit. Daisy May Cooper does not like reading books. Uh, She's put off them by school, I think. She's only read the Goosebumps books, which I haven't read, which she enjoyed as a child. And so she has got some of her celebrity friends, and they're very, uh, a very good range of guests to try and recommend her a book that they think she will like. I mean, it's it's a, a fool's errand. She's not really going to like any of them. 
I mean, she's such a clever and funny woman and just such a brilliant writer, yet she's put off by complicated words. <laughs> she doesn't like the idea of having to read difficult books. She calls uh, the fantastic episode with Tim Key. She says the Mr. Men books are quite long nah, yeah. to read, yeah. <laughs> which, which, which Tim Key disagrees with. Uh, so she's quite a difficult person to convince to read books. But it's sort of not necessarily about that. It's very interesting. I haven't, I've, uh, the only one of the books I've actually read that are recommended is Black Beauty that Katie Price, a.k.a. Jordan, recommends, which I read as a child. I hadn't read any of the others, so it shows that I'm, even though I do a book podcast now, I'm not particularly... Well read. Was it Katie Price who was on a chat show famously and then they said, oh, how, you know, is your book good? And she's like, I don't know, I haven't read it yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, she talks about that in the podcast. She um, she collaborated with someone else and then she, you know, almost casually mentions that the, her collaborator has died. But she didn't do it, no. <laughs> so no, then she, she did it. Well, that's the next book is a crime murder mystery. <laughs> yeah, so Katie Price comes up with a story and then the other person goes off and <laughs> writes the book. So she's written 74 books that way, Katie Price. She's written 74 books. So that's very, there's lots of very interesting stuff uh, in that. But it's a, it's a really nice idea. And of course, it's just a chance for Daisy May Cooper and her friends from various projects to just riff. And, and, it's, and it's very funny. It, it's sort of, you know, it's like most podcasts off the hoof. Diane Morgan's a guest and... She spends most of the time eating the free raspberries that have been left in the studio, which is quite good. Yeah, I listened to that one. That was very good, yeah. And so, you know, it's a lot, she's got a lovely relationship with people. I think the Tim Key one's my favourite one just because Tim, he's a brilliant podcast guest. He's been on my podcast a few times and he's just so sarcastic, but charmingly sarcastic. There's yeah. a bit where... Uh, where Daisy May Cooper admits that she hasn't read the script of David Copperfield, the film she was in. And he goes, oh, I thought you were going to say the novel. <laughs> you haven't even read the script. Wow, yeah, and he, and yeah. He, and he, and he, he's sort of taking the mickey, but uh, but in a really nice way. She does say, oh, you're pulling my pants down here. And he says, no, I'm pulling them up. So it, it, it's, it's fun because Tim Key is clearly a highly educated man. He can speak Russian. Uh, and yet, he, him and Daisy have a lovely uh, relationship. And, you know, and he tries to recommend Diary of a Nobody, which is... You know, is a bold shot to go for the book you think Daisy May... The idea of this is Daisy May Cooper may end up reading the book she thinks is the best. I don't know if, if she does. I don't think she will. That could be series two where she um, discusses the books that people recommend. Yeah, yeah. And again, Tim, Tim's sort of surprised that she hasn't read the book. He says, oh, I thought we were going to maybe talk about the book from someone who's read it. <laughs> but, it but it's, you know, it's charming and it's lovely. And uh, Nish Kumar attempts to um, get her to read a Salman Rushdie book but a book that Salman Rushdie has written for kids. But Daisy May Cooper thinks that the only, the only experience she has of Salman Rushdie is that he was an extra in what well, he was, he played himself in uh, the Bridget Jones movie. So she thought he was just a, an extra who couldn't act very well. Yeah. So yeah, there's there's loads of funny stuff. And, you know, just a great, what a great range of, of guests, you know, to have Katie Price and Nish Kumar, uh, Alan Carr's in it. So it's it, they're, they're really top rate guests. And I, I, you know, I we had our moments in the Taskmaster series, most notably when I failed to identify a picture of a hippopotamus that uh, oh. Daisy had drawn, and I basically thought she might murder me at that point. The consensus is it wasn't a good picture. But are you expecting an invite for series two? No, I don't think so. It's interesting all the people she's worked with, and that I didn't get the invite. So I don't. I would love to get her on my podcast. I, I absolutely, I love her. I love her. She's very funny. You know, from this country, which is also mm. with the witch finder she was in. Yeah. She's in the funniest bit of Avenue Five, the Armando Iannucci uh, sitcom. She was brilliant in that. And, and what I loved about her in Ta and I loved her in Taskmaster 
was she's extremely confident yeah. in a way that she absolutely believes in herself completely. Yeah. Even when she has drawn a very bad picture of the hippopotamus, ah. she believes it's... And I love that about her because I think, it, you know, it's such a rare thing. Yeah. And she is deservedly is confident because she is, she is just naturally extremely funny. And, and this is sort of an interesting project just in terms of her, like, admitting to not being... I mean, it's it's good on brand for her because you know she's she she is that kind of regular person that you think you might meet in the pub who isn't highfalutin, but she is so smart. It sort of is surprising that she hasn't read more. Um, but yeah, I want to read a lot of these books. It's surprising that she didn't read the um, script she was in. That is surprising, <laughs> but you sort of think, well, if you can get away with it, why not? Most people would at least read the book or the bits of the book they're in. Yeah, yeah. She said she only, Tim said, did you watch it? And she said, oh, I'll watch the bits I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas most people are the opposite. They hate watching themselves back, but she only wants to watch herself. I think that's good on her. I, I was trying to work out what book I would take in for in for it. What book would you take in if you were a guest on that podcast? Now you're talking. I am. Oh, now I'm on the spot. I did like Catcher in the Rye. They mentioned that in Tim was one, actually, and he right. said it's a very short book and it is, that's quite easy to read. So, I mean, I know it's quite boring and a bit obvious, but it is a really funny good book. Oh, oh, I know what I'd take in. So Deborah Levy did a trilogy of her life and the second one, well, they're all amazing, but the second one in particular I thought was outstanding. And it's quite interesting for women in artistic roles because they have to do so much of like the domestic and emotional labour if they've got family. And it's just about that, basically, and her, right. about her sort of swimming away from her marriage and her life. But it's fantastic. So maybe I'll bring that in. I mean, she, people did a good job in, in in making her interesting. I don't know if she would write about it. The difficulty, I think you have to think, what's a good book? But you also have to think, what's a good book that she might possibly actually read? Because yeah. I would go for Slaughterhouse-Five as my favourite book, which, again, is quite an easy read. And a lot of comedians like Kurt Vonnegut because he's funny and he writes in quite short little bursts and has yeah. your little sub chapters and whatever so i think she might like that but i think i might take james acaster's classic scrapes just because that's really funny and i think there's a chance she might read that because it's yeah it's one of the funniest books i've read but it's a really good podcast and i think what's what's great about it is it's just entertaining it does the books are by the by it made me want to read some of them uh so that's quite good but it also you can enjoy it just for the kind of crazy conversations and the routes that uh, Daisy will go down and what she'll misinterpret and misunderstand. So it's, it, you know, it's a, it's a really enjoyable series. I actually just listened to them all in a row and in one go. And that's you. That's me. That's the kind, that's the kind of guy I am. Shall we talk about your podcast now? So the podcast you chose? Yes. So my choice is French and Sanders titting about. Do you object to ladies over 30 nattering away? I, I think they should be allowed to do it, Lou. I think that definitely, yeah. I don't object to it. I think they should be paid <laughs> to do it. I'll go one step further. Yeah. No, it's lovely to just hear two national treasures talking sort of candidly, you know? Yeah. I really like it because it's quite loose, so you get to know them. And you do feel like with podcasts as well, people's guards are down a bit more. Well, people have got in trouble, haven't they, for that? Sometimes the guard is down too much. But with them... Their guard is down. They're not sort of on someone else's TV show. It's there. You feel like, well, you're in their front row. And I like it when two people are already friends. You know, you can't really fake that, can you? No. And they're funny. They're just nattering away. That's so sexist, the word nattering. <laughs> they're just they're just nattering. You know how us girls do. No, but um, there's not many podcasts with two women talking. But you, you feel like they'd be saying that stuff if we were, if you know, if they weren't recording it. So I quite like that. 
Well, they know each other so well as well, don't they? That it's they, so it's surprising. It's surprising when anything comes up that they yeah. uh, that they uh, they surprise each other with it. So it's it's quite nice. And there's lots of very bad jokes, yeah. deliberately bad jokes in there, which are fun as well. Yeah, but they don't care, so it's quite nice. Um, yes, they're at a lovely age, Rich. They're at a gorgeous age <laughs> where they uh, don't. You know, they're not concerned about always saying the right thing. They just can't be bothered with sort of over-labouring yeah. stuff. I liked when um, there was one episode when, I think it's Dawn French, it's got to be one of them, anyway, <laughs> said um, she hates when uh, when people sort of say, I'm sitting in my truth. Yeah. She's like, oh, fuck off, I'm <laughs> sitting in my truth. That means that you think that I'm not telling the truth. And they just went off on <laughs> one about it. And it, it, it's lovely to hear, actually. Very real, you know? Yeah, it is. I mean, you know, are you... Were you a big fan of French and Saunders when you were when you were a tiny child growing up? Did it, were they a big influence? When I was five, no, no, I, I wasn't. <laughs> that. Um, do you know what? I wasn't really a fan of anything growing up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, sort of had, I had no taste, no personality. I remember liking Blue Peter, and that was about it. Yeah. What I mean is, of course, I watched things and liked things. I loved Ab Fab actually, but I didn't become obsessive about anything. You know how. Like a lot of men could quote um Monty Python. Yeah. And you're just like, oh my God, like get in the moment. I wasn't like fanatical about stuff, but I did I did obviously like really like Ab Fab. And also women aren't often not to bang a bloody drum, but women often aren't given national treasure status. It's reserved for men a lot of the time. So it's quite nice that they're both national treasures and they like they really like each other as well. There's no like competition between them. They just both bicker. I love it. No, it is. It is. I've had I've had Dawn on on my podcast, and it is. You know, they genuinely love each other. They would hang out with each other regardless, which is not true of all double X. I have to say. Oh, I think you'd know, babe. <laughs> <laughs> so it is really lovely. It's I kind of quite can't quite I believe they've managed to get through this long together without ever arguing. But it really comes across, and yeah. you know, because the, the, they met at uh, teacher training college and everything, didn't they? So they've, they've been, it's like a long, long time they've been in a relationship. Yeah, and they, they talk about that. They talk about how they met. They talk about how lucky they feel that they are. And, and then they talk about what they'd do if they weren't doing that. And Jennifer Saunders, to you, like I said, she'd love to go around people's houses and collect antiques and stuff. And yeah. there was a bit where um, Jennifer said she was in a play and she had to take all the stuff on the last day to the car. So she's sort of telling the audience what it's like when you're collecting, like, your mug and your flowers they've given you and all these clothes. And, you, and she was just like, oh, I'll just run out before, you know, anyone sees me. So she's running to the car with all this stuff, like laid and up. So relatable for me. And uh, not the flowers <laughs> so much, but your boxes, whatever, <laughs> doing a run out, you know. And um, she's trying to get in the car and then she drops everything and falls over the curb. And then everyone's quite patronising to her. <laughs> and then they start recognising her. Oh, and then there was a story about um, Dawn said about she had a guinea pig that was given to her by Jennifer years ago for the kids the kids really really wanted a guinea pig and they were so careful like kept it with the neighbor the night before Christmas and everything and then bought the guinea pig in and the kids were like beside themselves and then the dog ate it oh god <laughs> so gross so something yeah. for everyone in this podcast <laughs> they're not yes. trying too hard they're just sort of talking about their lives and they're, they're very relatable like 
Dawn French was saying that she got into a habit of eating like five or six toffees before bed after she's cleaned her teeth. And then uh, Jennifer Saunders talking about her sort of back compressing into itself and how she should be doing exercises, but she's not. It's just good stuff. <laughs> and then Dawn French is saying that her teeth are shrinking and she can't tell M&S because uh, she does adverts for them. And she's like, I can't tell them my teeth are shrinking. <laughs> ah, lovely stuff. And it feels very, you know, it doesn't feel like there's a lot of prep gone into this either. It does feel very much like this is just the conversation we would have regardless of the microphones being here or not really. So it, it does, you know, it is just yeah. sit down, get on with it. It feels like they're just genuinely like hanging out and why not let yeah. us have a little listen in and stuff. Yeah. If you could have them tit about, about any subject, what subject would you have them tit about, about for you about? Hmm. I would like Dawn French to tell us about life with Lenny Henry, but that is very, uh, that's, very unfeminist to be like, oh, what an amazing woman with a terrific career who's, you know, national treasure. Could you tell us about your ex-boyfriend's <laughs> mate? <laughs> yeah, it'd be, I mean, you know, I'm sure I'm sure stuff like that will come up. They do, you know, she does mention Lenny's mum, doesn't she, in one of the, in one of the episodes. So, yeah. you know, I think like the that's the beauty of it. They're just chatting. I think you will end up getting stuff that they wouldn't give to anybody else just because They've forgotten. She does mention him a bit. I mean, she was with Lenny. I think she calls him Len when the guinea pig got eaten. And we cannot blame Lenny for that. That is just the timeline, but it's not related. <laughs> so the guinea pig would have gone anyway. Did you like Dawn and French when you were a grown man? Yeah, I like Dawn and French. I like I uh, I did like French and Saunders. Yeah, Dawn you know. French. Dawn, did I say Dawn and French? <laughs> Dawn and French. Yeah, I like Dawn. <laughs> and French. I like Dawn. And I like French. No, I I um uh, I love Dawn French especially. But both of them, you know, because I was the thing that really got me into comedy. I'd loved Monty Python and stuff and quoted Monty Python to all my friends, of course, like you were talking about. But it was the young ones and they were in and, yeah. and all that early comic strip stuff and the five go mad in Dorset, which they were both in the, the uh, comic strip shows. Yeah. Uh, so I kind of loved them from from that. But then I remember being on a, a show, a benefit gig with them, like in the early 90s. And I was kind of a little bit overwhelmed. Oh, wow. And so then was like yeah. quite. I was sort of quite rude to Dawn French because I was sort of like, "Oh, you're from the previous generation. We, we, oh. you know, we're we're enemies and all that sort of stuff." But I was sort oh, of joking, no. and she she was like, "Oh, it's Richard Herring from Cheddar." She you know she knew all about me and stuff, and uh, oh. it was. But she was so lovely about it, and actually was all, always very nice. I tried to cast her in a sitcom, and she sent me a really lovely note back saying she couldn't do it because saying she... you were so rude to me that I couldn't do it. <laughs> but uh, you know, I think she's. I think she's. I always loved funny women, and so Dawn French is one of those kind of childhood yeah. pinups in terms of both being funny and being, uh, you know, super sexy as well. So uh, you know, it's. Uh, I, I, they've got a big place in my heart, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, Jennifer Saunders was on our show, me and Mel, uh, Gedwitch's show, Unforgivable. Yeah. And she was so nice. Not just really funny, but also such a team player, like really willing on the whole show. Oh, God, she was good. Very classy, I'll say that, Rich, there. But the girls are very classy. Well, that is both of our choices, Lou. But we have a wild card mm -hmm. thrown in that wasn't our choice that we had to listen to, but I'd already listened to it. And it's a brilliant podcast. It's from the Oast House, the Alan Partridge podcast, which... Mm. I suppose the overview of it is uh, Alan Partridge has realised, A, that he hasn't done a podcast, uh, he's done lots of other things, but mainly can't get work anywhere else, so has decided to jump on board the podcast train, even though he's 
quite rude about podcasters being sort of sallow-faced men sitting on their own who can't have conversations. And uh, there's a nice close to home, isn't it, Rich? Close to home, Rich, isn't it? It was a little bit close to home. There's a nice pointed thing about people preferring the early work and saying that's best, but they're idiots and stuff like that. Close to home again. Rich. Close to home. It's the Gibbons brothers era, era uh, who have done a fantastic job with the character. It's a fantastic character, obviously, and it's. There's been many iterations yeah. of it, and, and I and I do like what the uh, what's been going on recently. The books, especially, uh, which are also available on Audible, I'm sure they're and they're brilliant audio books. So it's great to see Alan Partridge doing a podcast. I think. Can I just say, about Audible, I've got three credits to use. I'm biding my time. Yeah. Have you bought? Can I have my ball back yet? The my my latest audio book. You could use one of your credits on that. Ooh, let me have a thing. Okay. So it's all about me and my my testicles. I think you'd like. Well, you could just. You just tell me, I suppose. <laughs> also, also, I'm never not eating, and I don't think the two go together. <laughs> oh, it, oh, oh! If you pre-order a copy of my book on Audible yeah. out this week, seventeenth of August, then I will buy your um, you sort of waffing on about your book. Okay, I'll definitely buy that. My book, what's that lady doing? Full starts and happy endings. All the terrible things that I've done. So, if you buy that, you can pre-order it now, okay. or maybe you order it now. Then. I will think about ordering yours. Okay. I'll definitely get it. And you can cut. I do a book club podcast. You can come on and talk about that. So, you know, there we go. Oh, yes, please. Good. I will get your book, Rich. You've written loads of books. So I feel like I it's have. not a special because I feel like you shit them out. Whereas mine took a year and I really concentrated on it. <laughs> shall we uh, Shall we go back to talking about what we're meant to be talking about rather than advertising ourselves in this uh, promotion? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, Steve Hook and Alan Partridge, obviously genius. Yeah. It's annoying how good he is. Every line is really good. And it is very, you're not seeing a character like it. it it's one of those characters that is now just in the ether forever. Yeah. But he's, it's, also not, it's not even, it's like beautiful little choices of words. But even when like he falls over or something, just the noises he makes, it's the sounds he makes. It's, you know, it, it's just that, it is, it's such a perfect character of pomposity, you know, and failure. But it's somehow he's, he keeps on going. And I, and I do, I love all these new iterations and I think I think the audiobooks and this podcast are almost the best of all of it. I, I, I quite like the BBC show at the moment, wow. dude. But but I think because it, you get really into you get really into depth about his life. Yeah, you know, you, he's got his dog dog downstairs, not letting him out of the house and everything. It's it it, it really adds to stuff. Now I think know me knowing you and um, I'm Alan Partridge are are very difficult to beat. Yeah, I'm not saying it's necessarily better than that, but but I think it's. What I love about it, a Steve Coogan is now the right age to be Alan Partridge, which which is terrific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but B, I think just the depth of being able to go, you know, which which you could again, you couldn't have envisaged in the nineteen nineties that you'd be able to do books about the character, but definitely podcasts, you know. So to have two series of this, yeah, extra stuff about the character, it's it's so subtle the way. He, he, uh, you know, just the, the way he turns around his opinion on podcasts, just because Audible are giving him the money to do them, suddenly, suddenly podcasts are a great idea when he would have been sniffy and not liked them before. Yeah, you know, so he's got this sort of this prejudiced character, but really just just sort of narcissistically prejudiced. Anyone who has has spoiled his career or not helped him is his enemy. There's a lot of people like this. There's a lot of people in show business like this. This That's what I was going to say. It's very true. To It's funny because we've all met them. We've all, and sometimes we are them. Uh-oh. Yeah. Well, that's when you've, when you've created Alan Partridge and then you notice yourself being Alan Partridge, 
that is a that's a terrible moment, I imagine, for the creator of Alan Partridge. Yeah, yeah. As a you know, as a as a person who used to be on the TV and then is now doing podcasts in his host house. Yeah, I'm quite like Alan Partridge. But you you're winning, Rich, because you you do better from the podcast than any TV work. So this is when you know you're ahead of the curve. You always have been. I'll say it ahead of the curve. You twitch. I always have been. Your poddies. <laughs> it's quite remarkable. Wonderful. I'm very. I'm very happy. Unlike Alan Partridge, I'm very happy. I think what's uh, an interesting thing about it is as well. Uh, again, unlike the uh, he did the radio one in the studio all the time. He did the TV one that's in the in the TV studio. This one takes him out on location, so mm. he's in the host house, but he's also out and about walking his dog and falling over or, or going places and going on dates and things like that. Is it nice to see him living his life? I love all that. They, I was thinking when I was listening to it how well they use the sort of sound and the, the production's just really good because you never get bored because, you know, when, when he goes in and um, noses around a neighbour's house and then he's sort of making speculation, oh, this is a divorced man, you know, da 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 and then he sort of peeks in his house. You just, there's always a good like bit of the story to keep you involved kind of thing. Yeah, and, and I think that's a, as opposed to maybe the other ones that feel like these are very funny people sitting in a studio and being spontaneously funny. I think what's amazing about this one is the production values are high, but also it's it's obviously yeah. densely scripted, even if he does ad lib off it. I mean, he, he talks about, Alan Partridge says some of it's made up and some of it's scripted, but I think it's a, it's a brilliant script by the Gibbons brothers. Do you think it's one just for the fans, or do you think do you can you listen to this as never having heard of Alan Partridge? Do you think you'll get it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure, for sure. I mean, I've yeah. never heard of him, and I enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's um, it's you don't get as many character podcasts as many scripted podcasts no. and if this is the level i can see why because that's hard to beat yeah it's true for fans will enjoy it because obviously you get like a lot more in depth into the character and there's some cross references and there'll be jokes that you understand having been a fan of this character which i think most people must be i think most people are aware of at least one iteration of alan partridge before this if they haven't read all the books and haven't seen the the, the satellite tv series but uh, yeah i think fans will get a lot out of it but i think you're right i think you could you, you could give this to somebody who'd never heard of alan partridge and I, they might for a second think it was a real guy i guess Jeez, how, how long do you think it would take someone to twig that it if you gave someone this and didn't say it was a comedy show i think it's so real that i think you could some people would believe it was a real person. No. Yeah. Although, although when you tweet something or put it on Instagram and you're clearly joking and then people reply, yeah. you know, as if like you hadn't thought it could be a joke. So yeah, maybe. 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 Well, thanks for joining us in our inaugural Audible Comedy Club episode brought to you by Audible and Acast Creative. If you want to discover more episodes from the Audible Comedy Club series, then you can do so across the following podcast over the following weeks. Telling Everybody Everything with Catherine Ryan. I love that. Dame Baptiste questions everything. Drunk women solving crime. That's your wife in that That's one, my Rich, wife, and it? it's brilliant. I've been on that one. That is one of my favourite podcasts. And The Guilty Feminist. Yeah, and, and I like the way it says inaugural, Blue. It implies we might get to do some more of these, so fingers Ooh. crossed. It's been fun. So would, you, would you like to do some more? Yeah, lovely. If you want to listen to the podcast that we've discussed today, all you have to do is download and subscribe to Audible, audible.co.uk. Uh, by doing so, you'll also have access to podcasts and audiobooks from other amazing comedians. Look, uh, the wonderful uh, Alan Davis is doing uh, As Yet Untitled. That's brilliant fun. Me and Lou have both done the TV show of that. And I will also recommend Dara O'Brien's Time Wasters. 
I would go for Lolly Ella Fope because the advert for it is one of the best things I've ever seen and she's very, very funny. And Mo Gilligan because I think he's just a very interesting voice on the scene, actually. Mm. If you want to find out more about Audible's offering, head over to audible.co.uk. The good thing about Audible, if you're not a member as well, Lou, is you get a fir- your first month yeah. for free. Listen to Comedy Now on Audible. Subscription required. See audible.co.uk for terms. Thanks, Lou. I'll see you soon. Okay, thanks. Bye. Love you, darling. Take care. Bye. Love you, darling. Bye-bye.